Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Once again, I'm continuing a series that I started from the very first time we went online, and that is a series on the letter of Philippians, and it's called Triumph Through Tough Times. So why don't you join, we, join with me in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 18, and it says this. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, Not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defence of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. Tired, my message today is called, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray that you help us not to be intimidated by the circumstances that we're in, that you help us to be big people on the inside. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We're doing a series on the letter of Philippians and it's known as the letter of joy. It's the most positive, uplifting letter in the entire New Testament. And yet the letter of Philippians was written by Paul at one of the lowest times of his life because he actually wrote it in the middle of prison. And it's incredible. When you see the first chapter of Philippians, you will notice that it's positive and uplifting and faith-filled. And yet he doesn't even talk about where he is at that time. He's much more focused on other people. And so I look at that and I think to myself, what an amazing attitude to have. Imagine being like that, being in a tough situation like that, and yet still being filled with faith, life and hope, even in the midst of a difficult time. Right now with what's happening in our society, many people are experiencing the same thing. People are going through difficult circumstances, unjust circumstances, unfair circumstances, feeling isolated. Yet as Christians, we don't have to allow these external circumstances to come and squash us on the inside. That like the Apostle Paul, we can be filled with faith, hope and love in spite of the circumstances that we're in. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this passage of Scripture and we're going to get an indication of why Paul was able to have that positive faith-filled attitude in spite of the difficulties that he faced. So I want to talk to you today about four keys to having an upside-down attitude. That's why it's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Four keys to having a faith-filled, life-giving attitude in spite of the difficulties and circumstances that we face. The first reason why the Apostle Paul had a positive attitude was this. It says in Philippians chapter 1, 12 to 3, 13, it says, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So here he is. He's in prison and he's going through a difficult time. Yet he's not focusing on what he's actually going through. If it was me and I was Paul and I was unjustly imprisoned and I got a letter out, it would probably start like this. 
if you happen to find this letter, you've got to do something to get me out of here. But he doesn't even say that. In fact, it's only in verse 13 that he actually indicates that he's in prison. What's he doing? He's not focusing on what he's going through. He's not focusing on his troubles and all his problems. He's putting his eyes on the things that God is doing through this. So the first key to having an upside down attitude is actually perspective. Perspective. Don't just focus on the difficulties you're facing right now. Put your focus on the things that God is doing. Because I promise, no matter what you're going through, God can do something through it to extend His kingdom and to be a blessing. Notice this. He said that now that I'm here, I'm able to witness to the palace guards. Now that I'm here, the gospel's being advanced. Even though I'm in here, more people are going out and preaching the gospel and the gospel's moving forward. He's not putting his focus on what he's going through. He's putting his focus on what God is doing. Right now in the season that everybody is going through, the temptation is to focus on all the bad things that are happening. But I want to encourage you, don't, focus on, don't just focus on the bad things that are happening in your world right now. Put your eyes on the things that God is doing. Because I promise you, if you know Him and you serve Him, He can use you and do things through you, even in the midst of this difficult time. I know myself, there's been many times where I've fallen in the trap of putting my eyes on the sacrifices that it require, that sometimes requires to be a Christian, the sacrifices of even being in ministry and serving the Lord. And what I've learned is this, if I put all my focus on those things, that actually doesn't do anything for me. But if I put my eyes on the things that God is doing, it's absolutely incredible what He actually does. It fills you with life, joy and strength. A number of years ago, it was probably nearly 15 years ago now, I'd started a Bible college. And when I started the Bible college, um, obviously had to put a lot of effort into it and make a lot of sacrifice to make it happen. And I just had some moments where I was really discouraged, where I felt like I wasn't actually making a difference. And I remember one time I was really, really discouraged and, and I was thinking to myself, look, you know, here I am, I'm running this Bible college. I didn't feel like it was making a difference to the community or the kingdom of God. I also started focusing on the sacrifices I need to make in order to make that college happen. And I remember one particular Sunday, I was actually ministering at a couple of churches, on, uh, a couple of different churches that day. There was one particular church that I went to uh, minister at. And at the end of the service, I actually had some people come up to me now, this, uh, this uh, church was nearly an hour away from the Bible college, but we had a couple of Bible college students in that church. And at the end of the service, I had a couple of people come up to me and they said, Pastor Ben, I just want to thank you. And I thought, oh, what, for what I was sharing? And they said, no, no, we want to thank you for starting that Bible college. Our church has changed as a result. The students that came to that have now come back and they've changed our church. All of a sudden, I just got, started getting a lift in my, life, in my faith and in my joy. And I realised and I started seeing what God was doing. I took my eyes off what I was going through and I put my eyes on what God was doing. That afternoon, I preached at another church. And then at the end of the service, someone else came up to me and they said, Pastor Ben, I just want to thank you. And they weren't, I, I, they weren't from our Bible college or anything like that. But they said, Pastor Ben, I want to thank you. I said, oh, you know, thank you, what for? And they said, I want to thank you for your Bible college because we've had some students come to that Bible college and they've come back to our church and they've changed our church. Once again, I took my eyes off my problems and that they helped me to put my eyes on the things God was doing. You know, after that, I was filled with faith. 
After that, I was filled with hope. I was filled with vitality. What had changed in my circumstances? Nothing had changed in my circumstances. But what had changed was my perspective. I took my eyes off the things that I was going through and I put my eyes on the things that God was doing. And I needed outsiders at that that time to actually help me. I'm here to let you know, don't forever spend your entire time over this season just looking at the things that you're worried about or the things that aren't going right. Take a little bit of time every day to put your eyes on the things that God is doing. Lift your perspective, lift it higher. Because I promise you that if you do that, you'll position yourself to be filled with the life and the joy and the strength that God actually has for you. The second thing that, uh, the second thing that I think the Apostle Paul does that helps him with his attitude is actually found in Philippians 1.13. He said, It's become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. It's the first time he actually mentions he's in prison and he doesn't do it from a defeated position. It's the first time where he actually says, my chains are in Christ. Notice this, he doesn't say my chains are from the devil. He doesn't say my chains are from something that I did wrong. He just said my chains are in Christ. What's he doing? He's actually trusting God's sovereignty in this situation. He realised that even, he may, even though he may not understand what's going on right now, he understood that God would actually have a purpose for it. So the second key to having an uplifting attitude, positive attitude, is to actually, uh, actually believe that God has a purpose in the midst of what you're going through. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good, for those that love God who are called according to His purpose. Notice this, it doesn't say some things work together for good. He says all things work together for good. Even some of the bad things we go through. If you go through a difficult time or you're going through a bad time, that's not a sign you're out of God's will. And it's not a sign that God's not gonna produce good in your life. All things work together for good. It doesn't mean that everything you go through is automatically good or pleasurable, but God can actually work it together for good. Some things that we go through, if you look at them in isolation, they're actually really bad. Some of you right now are going through some things. Maybe you've lost your job or you're going through a difficulty and you're thinking about and you're looking at that and you're saying, well, this is not good, this is bad. But I'm here to let you know that He can take that and work it together for good. So by itself, it might not be good, but if you work it together, God's gonna produce something good out of it. A number of years ago, about 15 years ago, uh, I remember one year I actually put on 10 kilos in a very short space of time. And so I believe it's really important for people to take responsibility for their choices. And so I just want to publicly announce to you uh, today that it's my wife's fault. Uh, and the reason why it, I say it's my wife's fault is uh, because that was the year she stopped working. Uh, she stopped working full time. And so what was happening was she was making big meals every day. And not only that, she loves baking. So every day she would bake something. She'd bake muffins, brownies, cookies, that sort of thing. So I'd come home from work and I could smell it. And I'd go in there and she's got some freshly cooked brownies. And so, so I eat it. And then she turns to me after a few months and she says, Ben, listen, I'm a bit worried you're putting on a bit of weight. And I said, well, that's your fault. And she said, why is it my fault? And I said, well, if you don't want me to put on weight, then don't make the food. And then she says something, which is the dumbest thing I think you can say, especially to someone like myself, who's half Tongan. She says, she said, uh, she said to me, well, you don't have to eat it. And I'm like, of course I've got to eat it. 
If it's there, I'm actually going to eat it. Now, as much as I love my wife's baking, I can always tell when she's going to get ready to bake because she starts setting up the ingredients on the counter. And so she'll set up the flour, the egg, the sugar, the cocoa, the milk, the butter. She'd lay it all out. And I can tell she's getting ready to bake. But as much as I love her baking, I always wait until after she's combined the ingredients before I eat it. I don't go up to it and grab the egg and say, oh, awesome, you're baking. Grab the egg, have some flour, have some sugar, scull some milk. Oh, thanks, honey, that was awesome, thank you. No, 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 by themselves, they're not nice. But you work it together and you can produce something absolutely delicious. By itself, some of the things you're going through right now are not good. For the Apostle Paul, going through prison was not pleasurable. But he understood my chains are in Christ. God has got a plan and a purpose for my life. And even if I can't see it right now, He's going to produce something out of this as a result. And so maybe what you're going through right now is very difficult. It's something you would never want to go through again. I'm here to let you know, just hold on a little bit longer because God is going to bring some more ingredients into your life. He's going to work it together and you're going to turn around and realise that God had a plan and purpose and God did something great even in that difficult season. You know, much of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul and many of the times he actually wrote it from prison. I'm sure when he was in prison, he did not realise that the things he was writing, you know, the Scripture tells us in Acts that he would spend all day, every day teaching when he was in Ephesus. But it actually doesn't tell us what he was teaching. It just said he was teaching. So the only writings we, of the writings we have of Paul, some of them are when he was in prison, when he had nothing else to do, when he was sitting there and he just started writing down and he sent them off. He would not have known that 2,000 years later, that God would use those as a constant source of encouragement for other people all around the planet. He would not have realised that his momentary season in isolation and confinement was the very thing God used to send His Word and resonate it throughout the generations. I'm here to let you know that even if you can't see it and don't understand right now and you're going through some things that you wish you hadn't of, I'm here to let you know God's going to work it together for good and you're going to be able to see and you're going to turn around one day and you're going to say, God had a purpose for all of that. When he, Because he understood God had a purpose, it helped Paul maintain an uplifting, positive attitude. The third thing, the third reason why he had a positive attitude says in Philippians 1, 15 to 18. He said, Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my change, chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defence of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And, this, and in this I will rejoice. Yes, and we'll rejoice. This is interesting. So the Apostle Paul says, now some preach Christ now, because I'm in here, some are preaching Christ with the wrong motives. They're preaching out of selfish ambition, and some are preaching out of envy, and some are even doing it to make it harder for me right now. Now, if I was him, I would then say in the letter, so what I want you to do is this. I want you to start up a blog and I want you to warn everybody about these false preachers. 
I want you to warn everybody because they're doing things out of the wrong motive. I want you to go around and spend all this energy and time, get on Facebook, put together a watch list, start a website, don't put my name on it, just make it, make it anonymous, do all this sort of stuff so that you can stop people from listening to these other preachers. He doesn't say that. He goes, yeah, they're doing this, they're preaching out of selfish ambition, they're preaching out of envy, but ah, as long as Christ is preached. The third reason why the Apostle Paul actually had an uplifting attitude was because of priorities, priorities. He knew that not every battle was worth fighting. He understood that these people probably were preaching from the wrong motive. But he thought, you know what? Who cares? As long as Christ is preached. One of the things that will rob your joy in a moment is when you focus on little things. When you focus on little things that in the wash up really aren't that important. I know myself, it's interesting, like at this time, we've got a, doing a lot more communication online and doing a lot more communication on social media. And what has amazed me is some of the things people argue and debate about on social media. It's almost like they've got nothing else, nothing else to do in their life. There's some things we just got to let it go. Some things it's just not worth fighting over. I remember one time I was visiting a church and to be honest, I did not uh, agree with all of their theology. And so I went in there and a little bit apprehensive and, uh, and, and I was in the service and, and I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, I don't know about this church. Uh, I think this church is, you know, preaching error. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think this church is preaching the truth. And, but then I heard the pastor preach and he preached about Jesus and he didn't really contravene anything in scripture and I remember I went outside and there was all these kids playing outside in the playground. They were the kids of the, you know, the kids, their parents were in the church service and this was the kids' ministry. I remember thinking to myself, maybe I should warn some of these kids, don't come back to these church, this church. But then I thought, ah, who cares? As long as Christ is preached. Let's focus on the big things. Let's not spend all our time arguing. Even, even right now, if you're watching this, you're watching this because you're in isolation. You're watching this probably because right now we're actually in lockdown. My encouragement to you is to be a testimony and a witness of the bigness of God in your communication with people and in social media. Don't spend your entire time arguing about the smallest little things. Let it be that in all your communication, everything that you put out, let it be that Christ is glorified. And if you don't agree with people, it doesn't mean you have to get onto everybody's page and argue with them about every little thing. Let's just focus on the main things. And if you do that, if you, if you do focus on little things, you'll be amazed at how it robs you of your joy. And you need your joy in this season right now. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want to have strength in this season, you've got to be full of joy. If you want to come out of this season strong, you've got to be filled with joy. So don't waste your time in meaningless and foolish arguments that will rob you of your joy and strength. What does the Apostle Paul says? He says, as long as Christ is preached, that's all that matters to me. And the last thing, the last reason why the Apostle Paul was filled with life, joy and strength at this time he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 18, and you can almost miss it. He says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. There wasn't a lot he could find to rejoice about. There wasn't a lot of things that he could actually praise God about, I guess. 
But he said, I'm going to rejoice in him anyway. And he says, the fact that Christ is preached, I'm going to rejoice over that. The fourth key to living a life of victory in the season you're in right now, to help you to overcome the tough times, the fourth thing you need to do is praise God. If you live a lifestyle of praise, you access His presence. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. So as you praise Him, His presence comes. In His presence is fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So maybe you don't feel like praising God. Maybe what you're going through, you're weighed down by worries and anxiety and stress. I'm here to let you know, spend some time every day opening up your mouth and praising God. Because if you do that, you'll access His presence and you'll have the life and the joy and the strength that He has for you. There is no doubt that one of the major reasons why Paul had this uplifting attitude was because he had a lifestyle of praise. Even when he was unjustly in prison. The Scripture tells us in Acts chapter 16 that when he was in Philippi, he was imprisoned. And it says in Acts chapter 16 that he was in prison with another man, his, uh, his ministry partner, a man by the name of Silas. And the Bible says at the midnight hour, they started praising God. At the midnight hour, at the darkest time, they started praising God. You know the best time to start praising God? is in the darkest time. You don't have to wait till everything changes, till everything's better, until you start praising God. Because we don't praise God according to our circumstances. We praise Him because He's worthy of our praise. When you don't feel like praising God, that's a time when you've got to praise God. That's called a sacrifice of praise. And the Apostle Paul in his Philippian imprisonment, he would have give us a sacrifice of praise. Why? How do I know this? Because it's said it in Acts chapter 16, that at the midnight hour in that Philippian prison, he was praising and worshipping God. But what happened when he praised and worshipped God at the midnight hour? All of a sudden the walls started shaking. Then the prison doors were opened and, and, and God's presence came into that place. His circumstances shifted and changed because He praised. As Christians, we don't wait till our circumstances change before we praise God. We praise God and then our circumstances will change. So wherever you are over the course of this season, if you're confined to your home or you're, got a, and you're, or you're by yourself, you can spend time in His presence on a daily basis by lifting up your voice and praising Him. The Bible says He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's one who sticks closer than a brother. Right now, you might not have anyone around you. You may not have anybody who can physically be with you. But I'm here to let you know, even if you were in the deepest, darkest prison in Philippi, God's presence will come into that place and fill you with the life and the joy and the strength that you need to live the victorious Christian life that God has for you. As Christians, we don't praise God because of our circumstances. We praise Him in spite of our circumstances. Then that's why we can have a victorious, overcoming, life-giving life attitude in spite of some of the things that we go through. So even now over the course of this day, make sure you open up your mouth and praise Him. Make sure you lift up your voice and worship Him. Even at the end of this service, we're gonna sing another worship song. And when we do, I wanna encourage you to lift up your voice and praise Him because He's worthy of praise. And you might feel like right now that you are in prison. I'm here to let you know, no prison can keep out the presence of God and in His presence is, full, is fullness 
of joy. So if that's you right now, lift your hands to heaven, stand to your feet, and I wanna pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person who's watching this message, I ask and pray that right now you would fill them with your life, your joy and strength. No confinement or prison can keep out your presence. And I pray, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, let your presence come, fill them with life, joy and strength as we praise and worship you. I thank and praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Maybe you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ yourself. You know, even right where you are, where you're sitting or where you're standing, wherever you're watching this, you can give your life to Jesus Christ. All you have to do is turn and give your life to Him and you can start that by saying a prayer. So if that's you right now, wherever you are, why don't you pray this after me? Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for being a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and Saviour, be my best friend. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. And I thank you that today I'm joining your family. If you made that decision, why don't you get on our website and let us know. If you're watching this live stream, then you can put in the comment section or you can click on the icon below to say that you responded. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. And let's leave this place praising and worshipping God. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.